Let's talk about Jesus, the light of the world. He says, the light of the world. And I wrote under that subject, the light of the world, Jesus and you. Jesus and you. I, I take every assignment seriously. My father, as I have often talked to about my father, my mom, uh, they were an amazing influence on my life, and I hear their voices today. I hear their voices today, not in some weird, spooky way, but I hear their voices today. Jesus said something to us from the Word of God, and what Jesus says is eternal. What Je Jesus says is powerful. What Jesus says cannot be negated, cannot be made to, uh, ma made to take back. We can't make Jesus take back what he said is what I'm trying to say. So in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, and my young, our young children yesterday when I was teaching them, I was teaching them from this subject. And they said, uh, when I finished, they said, keep preaching, Pastor. I, I, you know, you think somebody's messing with you like that. I mean, these are your children that said that to me. You have never said that to me. <laughs> you are the light of the world. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. How many of you really believe that? You don't have to be embarrassed. How many of you really believe that? Yeah, m most of you. But I hope all of you will believe that when I'm done. You are the light of the world, Jesus says. And then he describes the power and the effectiveness of light by saying, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. So often we try to hide ourselves. We're like Gideon hiding himself. And when the angel came and spoke to Gideon, he called him a man of valor. And it's as though Gideon was saying, who are you talking about? Because he was hiding from the enemy. I will not hide from the enemy. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. That's the first truth we got in this text. Right? I mean, the second one is you are the light. But the first proof is you cannot be hidden. The second, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. So God did not save you, give you his life to hide you. But on a lampstand. Put, they're put on a lampstand. So God has given us visibility. He's given us visibility. He's, he's made us known. And he says, but they don't light a lamp and put it on a basket, but on a lampstand. And... It gives light to all who are in the house, all who are in our sphere. The light gives uh, the lamp gives light to all who are in our sphere. Let your light so shine, instructive. Let your light so shine that men may see who you were before you were saved. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That men may see who you're continuing to be, although you are saved. Absolutely not. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Your Father in heaven. So it's not about you. Maybe you, get, you and I can all see it together. It's not about me. Yeah, it's not about me. It's not about you because your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So that's where your life is. But so often we continue to struggle with the person we used to be. And I think it is time that we stop struggling with the person we used to be. 
And whenever it's always somebody, it's always us. Whenever in our minds, it's always somebody, it's always us. Because when change comes to you, you will deal with even wrong right. You are the light of the world. Jesus says, I have given you prominence. You may not realize that you're prominent, but when you say you're a believer, people are watching you. Dad used to sing a song. Dad couldn't sing, by the way. I mean, really, he was a terrible singer. I mean, he didn't know what tune was, but he didn't let that stop him. He would say, Jesus and the people are watching you. It was a little song, a little line. Jesus and the people are watching you. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Jesus and the people are watching you. And what, what my father taught us was that you have to have godly comportment at all times because Jesus has an eye on you and so do the people. So we don't want to give a wrong picture of God. Therefore, we recognize that we are the light of the world and we are portraying Jesus wherever we are. So uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, uh, Paul says that you may become blameless or that you must uh, may become blameless and harmless children of God. So the objective of God in our life is that we may be blameless and harmless, that we may be children of God, listen, without fault. So God, whatever's wrong, God makes it right. Without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. So what God is saying to us is that you're not going to make everything correct. But you are to be correct in the midst of everything. That's the plumb line that we've been talking about. Two verses. Man, I never realized it. Two verses could be everywhere in the Bible like that. So what the Lord is saying is, I have made you light so you can, your, your plumbness is your light now in this case. It's the light of God that everybody can see who they are and measure themselves by that light. I can remember years ago when I went somewhere where I wasn't supposed to be, but there was a, it was in a university days, and there was a light in there called a black light, and I thought I was looking good. And I walked into that place, and, and I looked at myself. I said, where did that lint come from? <laughs> yeah, where did that lint come from? And, man, I thought, I'm, I don't look good at all because that, that particular light showed what was really there. And you and I show what's really there. That's what God wants us to do. And he wants to encourage us in being like that. Encourage us in being light. Know that you are light, but you don't have to worry about being big-headed because the light is not yours. It didn't originate from you. It's God's light. It's Christ's light. Listen to what he says. His objective is that you be blameless and harmless. Harmless. Blameless and harmless. I've told you stories about myself. I'm, I'm mostly transparent about my life. Very much. Mostly transparent about my life. And I, I can remember times when I struggled with attitude. I don't have that issue. You, know, you may think I have that, that, but I don't have that, that, that problem anymore. But I trouble, I, because bad stuff always brought out my bad stuff. I don't know about you. Somebody being rude brought out 
my, I can deal with that. I know, I know none of you, you're looking at me too straight. You have never had that issue. Yeah, yeah. But he says, I want you not only to be blameless, but I want you to be harmless. See, I, I had an attitude, and some of us, I would dare say, right here in this house, you have the attitude, it's okay if you step on one toe, but if you step on all ten, we're going to have to do something. You know what I'm talking about. But he says, harmless. Harmless. Children of God, without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Whom you shine as lights in the world. So you are the difference. You are the difference. When they see you, they know, I'm wrong. The coming to Jesus says, God, I'm wrong, and you're right. Repenting says, you're right, I'm wrong. And that's what God requires of us, even in our relationships, in all of our relationships. Somebody has to always be right. And those of us who are not always right in the situation become wrong because of attitude. We forget we're the light. You are the light. What do you reveal by your life? Paul, uh, Paul tells the Philippians, holding fast the word of life. So then that means holding it securely, the word of life. So you have to hold on to your faith. Hold on to your faith. Hold on to what God has done for you through Jesus Christ. Hold on to every word of God. This is what he wants. Simple, simple message. A simple way of living. Holding fast. Holding fast the word of life. And then Paul says, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ. And what, what this means is basically the, Paul, those people he, were, he was leading, he said if they didn't hold fast, then he has nothing to rejoice in when he sees the Lord concerning them. I want to rejoice over you. Listen to what John chapter 8 verse 12 says. It says, Jesus spoke to them again. This is John chapter 8 verse 12. John 8 12 says, I am the light of the world. Wow. So that's how Jesus could say to, to his disciples, you are the light of the world. He says, I am the light of the world. So when Jesus came, he was the light of the world. You said, Pastor, we've known that since we were children. But have we exemplified that? Have we portrayed that in our lives? When, when darkness comes in, flooding us, do we just panic? No, because light always has authority over darkness. You should not panic, no matter how bad things get. I know, we see bad things all the time. We, we watch our television, the, the news programs, horrible things. Horrible things are going on. And sometimes the news itself, because of the people who are reporting it, become the horrible thing. Always. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says to me, don't watch it anymore. And I'm trying to watch the good ones. Don't watch it anymore. So yes, sir, let's come back. So I go back in my prayer place, and there we, we have sweet communion because the Lord lets me know everything is going to be all right. And it's not going to happen like he had wanted it in, in a sense. Oh, somebody said to me, well, all this craziness is just like God wanted it. I said, no, it's not like God wanted it. God wants us, however, to be light. Why? Because Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Then he gives us a promise by saying, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness. You know, the, I know what we mean, but I don't know what to do, God. 
We've all had a I don't know what to do God moment. If you're here today and you say, I've never had a I don't know what to do God moment, I'm going to tell you, you we, need, we got a place for you. But God doesn't want us to live there. Why? He says, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So the, the light of life is you have eternality, eternality working in you, informing you. The eternal God, the eternal light, the eternal understanding, eternal goodness is informing you. It's amazing. So you don't have to be the person you used to be. I know somebody in here is still struggling with the person you used to be. Some of us, we can't say used to be because we continue. But the Bible says very clearly, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation, a new kind of being. You've got to believe the story. You, you, look at, you, know, you look at yourself, you go, well, these are the same shoes I had on before I got saved. So I'm the same person. Oh, it's the same body. Yeah, but no. Remember the song? I think I may have sort of recited it to you before. Um, there was a song I used to sing when I was a kid that says um, something to this effect. Uh, when, I, when the person got saved, it says, I looked at my hands, and they looked new. Who know, you know that song? I looked at my feet. Who are you? I looked at my feet, and they did too. Ever since that wonderful day, my soul has been satisfied. And then it says something like this, satisfied with my Jesus. Is that how it went? Satisfied with my Jesus because I looked at my hands and they looked new. I looked at my feet and they did too. So what he says, if anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. They're a new kind of person, not the old person brushed off. We have to get that. You say, well, Pastor, you said, you've said that five times this year. I'm going to say it 55 until we get it. We have to walk in this truth because you are the light of the world, Jesus says. And he says, you'll have the light of life. And so what that means is someone inside you is informing you at all times. Are we listening? In Isaiah 9, 2, Isaiah prophesied. I don't think I gave this to my... To, TV people, but Isaiah 9, 2, the people, uh, Isaiah was prophesying, he says, the people who walked in darkness, speaking of, of the people in the, the, the uh, Zebulun, uh, Naphtali area, uh, he said, uh, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Upon them a light has shined. So he's sp speaking about uh, Jesus living in that area, being a part of their lives, God sent light to the place uh, where uh, all the Gentiles live, where darkness was pervasive. It wasn't in Jerusalem. He sent it where it was needed. And I have com complained about that in my life before many years ago, wondering, praying, God, deliver me from this place you had me, my workplace after, you, after college. Deliver me, deliver me, deliver me, deliver me, until I realized God wants to develop me, and there's somebody in this audience that needs development, and you'll run from it all your life. I'm saying we're living in a great place. We're living in a great period of time. We're living in a great period of time because the darkness is, is extremely dark. 
in Espanol, tinieblas, those tinieblas is considered the darkness in this case, layered upon layered, layered, layered of layers of darkness. And so you and I, uh, uh, God rather, is taking you and I into dark places that the light might shine. Just the way God did not uh, bring Jesus up in places where there was some vestige of light, he sent him in the darkest area. He grew up in the darkest areas. Are you still with me? When we stop complaining about our lives, our situations. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 5. He says, you are all sons of light. He didn't say the pastor. He says, you all are sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So this is the word of the Lord to us. We are not. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. Let, let me uh, conclude my message today. Because my desire is that we will walk this thing out. How many of you have tasted and you have seen that the Lord is good? You know, tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see. I, uh, if you've been around the Lord or <laughs> around church or you've been a, a church member, you know, for any time, the old people used to say, baby, he gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. And, you know, when you're young, you look and say, what are they talking about? You don't have any clue. What are they talking about? May I tell you, the psalmist says, I was once young, now I am old. Yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging bread. And as I get older... As I grow older, I'm not talking about weaker. I'm not talking about decrepit. I'm talking about growing older. He gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. That's what God has for you. Sometimes he comes, he's so sweet that I begin to cry. It's as, as though washing my soul, crying, crying, oh God, you're so good. I want to be better for you. I want to be better for you. But this is the promise from Proverbs 4. It says, let me see. It says, but the path, try verse 18. Oh, you got it. Thank you. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. This is your path. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days. This is Isaiah, I think chapter 1, verse 2. Let's try that. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. And all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. We shall walk in his paths. 
For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. The path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. And we shall walk in his paths for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Father, I want to thank you for who you are. You are, Jesus, the light of the world. God shines through you. For John tells us in Revelation that in the finality of all of this, Jesus, John tells us that you're going to conquer everything. And then you're going to take the kingdom and you're going to deliver it to the Father. And once you give the kingdom to the Father, you're going to sit down. But I thought, oh, that's not how I thought the story ended. It doesn't end there. Then God the Father, after you have conquered everything, Lord, the Word of God says you're going to take Jesus, he will be established as your lamp, and you will be the light that shines through him forever and ever. Thank you for making us a part of what I call the lamp company, that your light will shine through us forever and ever, through Jesus Christ. Amen. I want you to consider what I've said, and if there's anybody here who has not received Jesus or want to be stronger in the Lord, I'm going to come back in a minute.